The Secrets of Stargate is brought to you by the StarQuest Production Network and is made possible by our many generous patrons. If you'd like to support the podcast, please visit sqpn.com slash give. You're listening to Secrets of Stargate, Episode 50. General West Jackson has identified the seventh symbol. All right, here we go. We are about to try to make a connection. All we got to do is bust out of here, commandeer the ship, and fly on home. Indeed. You say that a lot. I know that this could be dangerous. But this is our job, right? It's what we signed on to do. It was never about going home. It's about getting us to where we're going. Hi, I'm Jack Berizzini, and you're listening to The Secrets of Stargate, where we talk about the hidden meanings and deeper layers found in the Stargate TV series, movies, and more. And joining me today, our father, Corey Stika. Hi, father. Just as the wheat is separated from the chaff, the unclean souls must be taken away. I, I mean, howdy, Jack. <laughs> and Victor Lambs. Hey, Victor. <laughs> Shoot it! Shoot it! <laughs> Hi, Jack. <laughs> so yeah, it's uh, unfortunately, uh, Lisa could not be here today to discuss this amazing, wonderful episode. But it is exciting that this is our uh, 50th episode. So. Yay! It is. It's it's better than having a hole drilled in your skull, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to work in a, I need this episode like I need a hole in the head joke, but I oh, find an organic well, way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> just shoehorn it in like like yeah. a like an old uh trepanning uh chisel there. Yep. <laughs> awesome. Um yeah, before we get into uh discussing this episode, uh we have some fun Stargate news to talk about. Um I think we uh, last year we talked about the Stargate AI episode that they did where they mm-hmm. basically fed the like the gist of like Stargate into an AI and it wrote a script for them. Um, and they had a lot of people uh, from the show actually come and record it, like do like a table reading of it, basically. Yep. And they're doing it again this year and they've gotten Richard Dean Anderson to come back as Jack O'Neill for that. So I think they have Michael Shanks is going to be there. Uh, Amanda Tapping and um, so we'll have like all the original people back. Oh, there, nice! So. Yeah, yeah. Yes, that'll be a, yeah, that'll be awesome. I have not actually listened to the first one yet. I must confess, but I do need to go check it out. Um, I do, I do like seeing those AI generated uh, scripts. They do like I've seen people doing for like uh, Star Trek and Doctor Who and things like that. And it always is like you, there's a little bit of finessing that goes on. Like it's not yeah. just a straight up like this is exactly what the AI said. It ca- kind of has to be whipped into shape by a human uh, editor, but they still are fun to see and usually pretty yeah. funny. And fun fact for you, whenever I'm asked to do the summary of these episodes, that's all AI generated. I thought just... everything you said was AI generated. You mean you're not oh, a virtual, you're not just an AI? Oh, oh wait, 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 wait. That's right. you weren't supposed to tell you that. No. Oh, 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 no, no. <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Here's something yeah. you might like. Yeah. <laughs> but the real question is for this table read, will uh, AC Peterson be coming back to reprise his role, his role as canon of the mm. uh, medieval Christian village? Probably not. Uh, yeah. <laughs> he's still working, though. We'll get into that. But he's doing much the same role that, that uh, one of the great character actors here in this nice. episode. We also have a. Uh... Some fun teases on uh, Twitter uh, with a new Stargate script. Yes. Um, I saw Joseph Mazzioli retweeted that, and it's just called Stargate Blank because they've not given it any of the original. They've not, like, released what it actually is. But I think it was – was it Brad Wright who uh, put that together? Yeah, Brad Wright wrote wrote it. um, So it's a pilot for a new series. 
Um, and Joseph said that it's, you know, it's got all the humor and sci-fi geekery and everything that, that we expect. So hopefully it is, of course, you know, everybody on, on Twitter and discord and places are having their, uh, their options of what's under the blank. What what yeah. is what is the name of it? You know, I, I voted for uh, Stargate Walter. <laughs> that would be nice. good. Yeah, uh, Stargate uh, Cafeteria uh, got my vote. Um, but uh, admittedly, that wouldn't be too uh, too good of a show. Stargate uh, Financial Review. Here, let me uh, just pull up uh, what some of the uh, our listeners uh, said. And yes. while I do that, Jack, why don't you tell them about the uh, the Discord and and Patreon and all that uh, merchandise that we have. <laughs> oh yeah, definitely. Um, we had uh, just started a, a SQPN Discord, so you can join in there and you can chat with all of us and all the other listeners uh, at SQPN. Um, you can get to that by going to uh, sqpn.com/discord and you can join up there. Uh, we have individual channels for all the different shows, um, and all the hosts are on there interacting. So we're having a lot mm-hmm. of fun over there. So you should come over there and join us in our nice little sandbox away from Twitter, as I as I like to call it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> We have a uh, Stargate Discovery was once submitted Stargate Ooh. Care Bears Adventure. I think that was uh, <laughs> referencing the furlings there. Um, we have Stargate What Fate the Universe. Uh, <laughs> call back to uh, to uh, the the Fish People episode there. Stargate yep. Inheritance and uh, Stargate Zengetsu Ultra Gaiden DX: The Borrowing of Sorrow Zero. I think that one's more of an anime inspired. Uh, take on the that series pokemon there. or something yeah. yeah it sounds like a pokemon yeah. set or something like that yeah <laughs> nice yeah it's going to be exciting to see what comes of that and of course it's not been greenlit by amazon prime or anything but hopefully they'll see the enthusiasm out there for a stargate show so i, I think it's pretty likely because you know amazon yeah. can't look at this this ip and go no nah, we don't want anything to do with that that's not going to bring yeah. us any money since it brought them money for years on DVD sales. It's brought them money on through Amazon prime video. I mean, they're, they'll make, they'll make money off of it if they're willing to do it. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be and surprised if, if something isn't announced by the end of this year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And if you have a, if you use your Amazon, you know, who for a podcasting, listen to this podcast on Amazon and that'll generate more interest for a new Stargate show. Right. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't actually want to put it past them. Yeah, you know, I mean, really. Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Any any Stargate podcast? Oh, they're starting to show some interest. Yeah, we there's there's people out there. Right, and you can always go on Twitter and use the hashtag We Want Stargate to retweet any information about that. But yeah, about exactly. this podcast. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. but um, yeah. So I mean, and if if Amazon doesn't pick it up, which which like you said is is unlikely that they wouldn't. Uh, Big Finish has done some Stargate uh, audio dramas in the past, so that's always mm-hmm. a possible route that they could they could take. Mm-hmm. And they do they do a great job with their audio dramas. I love their Doctor Who ones. They do, they've done a great job. So if they did Stargate more Stargate ones, you know they'd be good. Definitely. Stargate ones are pretty good, but all of their actors playing like, you know, American army personnel are the same, like (laughs) studio of the same, you know, uh, ensemble of British actors that they use. And Doctor Who British actors doing American accents does not have a illustrious history there, but um, still their American accents much better than my British accents. There you go. Nice. (laughs) Governor. (laughs) Good. Yeah. Awesome. Let's uh, jump into this uh, fantastic episode that you all can tell we are super excited to talk about. Yay. 
is the uh, eighth episode of season two, Demons. The team visits a planet where the technological and social development is at a level similar to the Middle Ages in Europe. SG-1 is accused of being demons by the village canon, and Teal'c is subjected to the water test where he is cast into a lake and sinks, thus proving that he is not a demon. Unfortunately, we do not find out if he weighs the same as a duck. The other demon, the real demon, and Unas, in the employee of Sokar, arrives to take a young woman as a sacrificed host for the gold. The team is able to rescue the girl and kill the Unas, and then kill the cannon after he becomes the next host for the gold. After this, the team performs a rock concert dance party that frees the village of the scourges of conservatism. <laughs> Wub nub. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Wub nub us, everyone. So, I have to say, as much as I was not looking forward to this episode, just because these kind of episodes tend to just be really cringy, it was not as as bad as I was expecting. Yeah, I mean, the first two and a half minutes and the last 30 seconds are okay. (laughs) (laughs) The part with the intro sequence is pretty good. Yeah, and there were some cool CGI lizards running around. You know, we get another hanging a lantern on the fact that every alien planet looks like the woods outside of Vancouver. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, Teal'c admits that he's read the Bible, which is a nice scene. Uh, You can speak some more uh, about that. But um, it starts off on a, you know, if if you're going to do an episode about a quote-unquote medieval Christian village that's on the gate network. It starts off probably about as well as you would expect. Right, yeah. Yeah. What about you, Father? What were your thoughts on this episode? Uh, This is another one that I had kind of blanked out on. And, you know, it was there. It was mostly harmless, although Monty Python came to mind more often than not. But (laughs) Yeah. I mean, just like... I don't know if Wikipedia existed at this point, but just like, you know, what are myths about Christianity and the quote unquote dark ages and then shoehorn every single last one of them into your script. You know, I mean, we can talk about them one by one as they come up, but I mean, yeah, it's, it's the, the entire view that everyone in the middle ages in Europe was like a backwards basically a bunch of backwards hicks who were living in constant fear of religion and all the religious figures were kind of these mm-hmm. like evil rulers. And I, I will say as, as bad as it was, it wasn't, it didn't go as far as I was worried it would. And I think probably a lot of that has to do with the fact that it's a TV show made for an American audience, which is still largely culturally at least influenced by Christianity. But overall it just came across as, comical like i felt like i was watching yeah. a skit not an actual serious well all the all the story. characters at least all the supporting characters were very much uh they were just very much uh stereotypes mm-hmm. they were you know two-dimensional there was nothing to them you know the canon was just this arrogant you know <laughs> yeah. yeah i mean there's no words that can be said nicely to, to say well, about him because i mean just it's full Full arrogance. And I mean, there's like the one scene where he's literally standing on steps eating. And as he's talking to him, he's chewing, you know, that 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 image of arrogance, like, you know, you could imagine him being like Caesar laying in the bed, being fed with grapes, you know, that kind of deal. Tim, Tim Curry and full Frank and further makeup called him up and told him to dial it back because he was camping it up a little bit too much there. Oh, Um, (laughs) yeah. No, I mean, yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I don't know if what he was eating was just word salad because that's what they're spewing out here about religion. It's it's just like 
isn't this a word that like I've heard, like maybe in the King James Bible, let's just string a bunch of these together. And, and, uh, but yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Still better yeah. than the uh, episode where they go to the Muslim planet and there's an evil uh, imam there who is uh, working for the Gould. Oh, maybe that's oh, one wait, from that, the new series. That's going to that be in the new happened. series. Yeah. That never <laughs> no. happened because, yeah, Christians. Yep. Yeah, it's just, if you can't do it right, don't yeah. do it at all. And I appreciate that they didn't have, and they even bring this up at the beginning, Um, like if Jesus was a gold, and I'm really glad that they didn't explore that any further or go with mm. that because that would have just been offensive on many levels and yeah. also just tacky. What if Gould was one of us, just a stranger yeah. out of us trying to make his way home? <laughs> Makes yeah. me think. Yeah, right. Yeah, and you so know, get a... it, it, I mean, it really was basically harmless as far as how it treated Christianity. Yeah. It really wasn't even treating Christianity. It was more treating medieval superstition than it was Christianity, although there were Christian elements. I mean, there was the, the prayer for the suffering souls and things like that, that they had mentioned, you know, crosses and all that. But otherwise, it was just kind of, yeah. Yeah, yeah, you're right. It could have been a lot worse, like pros to this episode. There were no evil like vampire nuns with machine guns. But cons to this episode, there were no evil vampire nuns with machine was, guns. You see, how was that a pro that it wasn't? Yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> Would have made it more interesting. Yeah, well go yeah definitely. Yeah. The, the, uh, the aerial uh, Zat satellite was pretty cool, though. Yeah. Zat yeah, from but... space. Command and conquer when you have to save up your uh, energy to buy your uh, nuclear strike. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, that that was cool to see. Um, and then the characters we get, like Simon and Mary. Simon is the the poor, like clueless village peasant who's just trying to protect this girl Mary because her parents were taken as sacrifices, like the previous year. And then she doesn't have a character either. Really, she's just there to be, like weepy and be taken by the Unas. And, and yeah, sick with with chicken pox. Yeah. yeah. Although Simon was looked familiar because he was uh, David McNally, Hello. who played Hanno and Korai. Hanno and Korai. So uh, he was the one that accused episodes. him. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, nice. Yeah. It's and then it's cool that we get to see the Unas come back. I did like that. And I like the creature. Did yeah. For that. Yep. Yeah. Only that that uh, Unas costume does not hold up well in direct sunlight and they should not have no. put it out in direct sunlight and the um given that this is only the second appearance of the unas i can forgive it but we do see much better unas actors later on in in the series like people who go like full like lou gossett jr with you know the whole enemy mine hmm. like sympathetic unas we get we get those later on so they're not just like guys in rubber suits you know smashing tokyo yeah it was <laughs> essentially just a, a kaiju monster or yeah. reminded me of something out of like power rangers yeah, it was, it was oh, that no. caliber yeah yeah <laughs> oh man yeah so yeah. so so i guess that it starts off good and uh it ends fairly well we we think you know there's a twist that's pretty obvious but you know the canon at the end after you know chewing on scenery and being very arch as jack o'neill might say he <laughs> comes around and says oh you know i was i was wrong you know uh simon saved us all um please forgive me you know, I was I was a bad guy. And then it turns out that, of course, he's possessed by the ghoul at the end and, and gets like blown up. But then as he's dying, he does say, you know, forgive me and, and ask for forgiveness. So yeah. I think there's there's hope there that, you know, his soul is 
you know, for redemption and, and stuff. And mm. so, like I say, the first two and a half minutes where Teal's talking about how the Bible is full of benevolence and compassion. So obviously he's read the, the you know, the New Testament, um, which is good. And then, you know, the, the last 30 seconds, um, you know, excluding the fact, you know, where the character kind of has that, you know, deathbed con- uh, conversion, I think is very good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was, I did like that. And I like that line that Teal had. I also do like how we find out that uh, apparently uh, Jack O'Neill is listening to the Bible on audio tape. <laughs> I, got the, I think, didn't Johnny Cash do like a reading of at least the New Testament? He might have. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember back then. I mean, there's been, there's been uh, audio books done since with the Bible, but I don't remember. Yeah. Job came down with a burning case of boils. His skin flared up. Yeah. <laughs> A nice. case of boils. Like, yeah. Yeah, I feel like he's he's got the a good voice for yeah. that kind of thing. He's got that gravitas. Yeah. So yeah, and this is a uh, it's a Peter DeLuise episode, which kinda was yeah. for more seeing him attached as the director. Yeah. That's... I think this might have been just, you know, get it get it done and out there. Mm-hmm. Now now of course we you know we ha we do have the, the medieval realm according to Monty Python in this, you know, we can't forget that, right. you know, that, yeah. uh, you know, if, if, if he's, if he's, if he's not a witch, he'll float, which is the opposite yeah. because in Monty Python, it was the duck floats. And if she's heavier than the duck or something or lighter than the duck, then she'll float. And who are you? Bring out your possessed the ways of science. Yes. Bring out your possessed. I'm not yeah. possessed yet. I'm feeling yeah, better. Those, those old tropes that yeah. you always see in these is the whole the water test where they throw you in, and if you sink, you're not a witch, and if you float, you are a witch. But then you're dead if you sink, so it doesn't really matter. And but but then you've got a guau larva, and and you the guau larva puts you in kelmoreem so that you survive, and you resurrect from the dead, and seemingly resurrect from the dead, and they consider yeah. you a demon, anyways. I mean, it's all those old tropes. Yeah, and and why is it? <laughs> And uh, here we go. Here we go. Everybody and, and listening. I'm just going to say, and why is it demons? Because it's always, always demons. demons. Yeah, always demons. <laughs> yep. 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 So well, I mean, in this, it's, you know, it is also always aliens. And this time it was aliens. Uh, alien, so yeah. That yeah, out. exactly. Oh, my gosh. It's like Jimmy Aiken's head exploding because it's always demons and aliens at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> mysterious world singularity. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah, so we get another. Have we seen Sokar on screen yet? I don't think we have because we we just get no just his face. Again. That's right. With the yeah, particle the, face, right? Particle man, particle man, possessing Unas like a particle can. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, so yeah. We get a the Unas is in the employee of him, and it's like another another example of questionable gold tactics. We're just send this one guy once a year to get one person. Well, it, it worked. <laughs> yeah. It worked until the Tauri showed up. Yeah. I mean, it was working great for years. I mean, millennia. Thousand, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thousand years. And uh, they have that really sophisticated, like, trap that they use to chain people up that Teal can't figure out, right? Like the, the woman, Mary, when she's chained up at the beginning, he can't figure out how to get her free and has to blast it with a staff weapon. And then later when the Unas comes to collect her, he just, like, lifts up the very obvious, like, spike that's holding the chain to the rock. Yeah. I'm like, come on, Teal. You just wanted to blast something with your staff weapon. Oh yeah. Any excuse you can you can't yeah. use that thing. 
And then Simon gets to use it later. Right. And I'm wondering, like, like, how does he know? Like, they're all like, shoot the Unas. And he's holding this staff weapon and he's seen Teal'c use it like once. And he was like, you know, 30 yards away. And yet he figures out how to do it. So go Simon. But he's smarter than he seems. Yeah. Yeah. Shoot it. Like, oh, it's this alien device that I've never seen before. Of course, I'll like shoot, you know, the Unas. Yeah. You see the same thing in movies, though, when people use guns, like they just grab it and automatically know how to fire it. And yeah, someone who's not really a gun person, but who's like gone with friends to like do target shooting and stuff. I remember one time I had a handgun and I was trying to figure out how to use it. And I couldn't yeah. get it to fire. And then I hit finally hit something and the clip just fell out to the bottom. <laughs> yeah. No, so. lock the mag, then then rack the slide. Come on. It's not that different. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but how do I? Yeah. But yeah, no, and it is like I think I forget which sci-fi story it was. It's probably many, but I think it might have even been like a Wii game. But like the aliens had a special weapon because they had a sixth finger, and so they had their weapons could only be activated by like beings with like an elongated sixth finger or something. So humans couldn't use their weapons, which is mm. pretty clever. Uh, pretty clever. It sounds uh, really trope. familiar. Yeah, yeah there, there's there's others where you know like they've got biological imprints or something like that. You know that yeah. they've done similar type of deals. So. Yeah, that's a pretty cool way to do it. Yeah. <laughs> and I do feel like the uh the staff weapon is really some an example of form over function because it's basically an overpowered laser blaster in the worst possible form factor for that kind of weapon. But it looks cool, so there's there's yeah. an episode about that later. There's a scene about that <laughs> in the later season. Nice. <laughs> yeah, and they kind of they kind of I have an identical weapon to the staff weapon in Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda starring Kevin Sorbo. But at least in, in that case, it, it collapses down to like the size of a flashlight that you can wear on your belt and then you can expand it. It's called a force lance and you can expand it to That's like right. full staff side and hit people with it or you can shoot blasts out of it. Force lance. It sounds a little bit like a light. Oh, yeah. but, you know. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> Yeah, I appreciate how self-aware Stargate is. Like, yeah, they have tons of jokes that are kind of hanging a lantern on the different things. Like, as you mentioned at the beginning, Victor, about how the universe is, how green our universe is. Yeah. So I, I, I do like that it, it does not take itself 100% seriously with that kind of stuff. Yeah, and I do like, we have, we have kind of a... You know, one of those uh, Russian reversal jokes that Yakov Smirnov used to do where, where uh, Jack O'Neill says, you know, if I ever want to help anybody again, please, like, you know, stop me. And then Daniel wants to help somebody again. And he says, if Daniel ever wants to help anyone again, please shoot him. Yeah. You know, so. <laughs> of course, yeah, you got the Daniel, but we got to help them. Yeah. And in this case, he doesn't want to just sit back and observe. Nope. Yeah. And they kind of like like flip flop a lot between like, let's help them. Let's not help them. Let's, let's help them. Let's not help them. And yeah. I like at the beginning, I think it's Daniel who says this when they walk into the village and everyone's hidden from them. And there's like that stone that has the medieval writing on it. Mm -hmm. Is it Daniel who says, is that English? And it's very clearly like stereotypical, like ye old English on it. It's like, it was, he says, I think it was Jack like, that said it or yeah. Oh. Yeah. Middle English uh, pre-Chaucer. Yeah, so there you go. Well, obviously. <laughs> yeah. We don't get any of the <laughs> Miller's Tale in, in this, unfortunately. So, Well, they had to keep this... Uh, yeah, PG. TV PG, so... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, yes, we, we get the deep state of uh, Kelma Reem in this one, which yep. I know uh, 
listener Micah has always, uh, whenever he hears the phrase uh, deep state on the news, he, he associates that with deep state of Kel no Reem. Yes. Um, yes. <laughs> Join our discord. Yes. Speaking of which, there was another really good, uh, a good joke that Micah posted on there about uh, every time he hears Macello, he thinks of Limoncello. And I, I'm the yes. exact same way. And yeah. my, my only regret, my only regret is I make Limoncello and I didn't have a glass when we talked about those episodes. <laughs> You need to make a special label for it. I do. I do. I do. If anybody, anybody's good with Photoshop, I want a, I want a uh, Michello Lemoncello label. Lemon Michello. How, how do you make Lemoncello? You basically soak lemons in Everclear. It's a little simpler. Oh, okay. A little, little more complex than that. But basically, you take the zest of the lemons, soak them in Everclear, and then add sugar water. That's okay. basically it. It's really easy. I was expecting a yo-yo ma joke or something, but that that's was, much more useful. Yeah. Set up for, for a joke. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> What's a Tim Conway, right? Yes. Uh, I am. I'm not. I'm not quick. I'm not as quick as you. <laughs> no. No. I actually was genuinely curious because I've I've never made it, but uh, yeah, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. So. So uh, yeah, I talked about the religiousness word, like word salad. That, that yeah. we get. I had captions on and at one point the captions just read in parentheses like men speaking indistinctly uh, indistinctly. So mm-hmm. uh that was yeah, me speaking. And that, that's probably one of those but, cases yeah. where they're just told to make, you know, word sounding noises. Yeah. <laughs> and also, uh, uh yeah. Uh, Christopher Judge actually voiced the Unas in this. Oh, did he? Oh. Nice. So, yeah, he was not the body for it. Um that was Richard Morwich, uh, yeah, okay. Christopher Judge did the voice, so he's kind of kind of pulling double duty there. And you don't get yes. more witch than that. Hey, there you he go. He was a big guy. <laughs> so yeah, well, those women like like when they thought Tilk was dead, they were just like you know they had their hands all over him, and supposedly that was like a Christian burial rite. So I need to die more often. That was my other now, joke. They were, you know, like wrapping them in the <laughs> clothers or the cloak or, oh, okay. or something. And it's like, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Was, uh, he did get his uh, dramatic timing, right? With doing a whole like Boris Karloff, the mummy yeah. rising up. But, yeah. And we get the eye rolling yeah. line. Like you think they'd never seen a guy rise from the dead before. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's like, well, uh, yes. No. Yes. But shoot it. Yeah, and this this also has is another issue that I have with just stories in general where we have like these static cultures where you they there's been no advancement since they were brought here like a millennia ago, and you think there'd at least be something. No, maybe think, those spikes were an advancement. Oh, yeah, the spikes yeah. holding the chains. No, yeah. Well, I I think the explanation we get is that like you know the Gould like the Wraith on Atlantis keep humans um you know technologically depressed so to speak um and so there's lots of ways they could do that if somebody said like i have an idea for algebra they could say you're a witch like you're possessed Mm -hmm. you know well they they obviously don't want they obviously don't want their human human slaves that they're trying to turn into hosts to develop things like gunpowder yeah it is true yeah but i mean captain kirk proved that like how hard is that really when you when you got to fight out, some, yeah, yeah, some diamonds, yeah. There you go, <laughs> a little potash, whatever. Yeah, so I, I mean, yeah, I guess I don't hate this episode as much as 
as much as I thought I did. Talking about it with you guys has really helped me to see it in a new light. So thank you. This has been very sure. therapeutic for me. Yeah, it's it was was not as bad as I was expecting is really the best that I can say about it. <laughs> Again, to quote, you know, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy, it was mostly harmless. Mostly harmless. Yes, exactly. <laughs> awesome. Uh, do y'all have any other thoughts on this uh, episode? So I love at the beginning, though, where they, they come out of the, the Stargate and Daniel's, you know, Teal says this path is well traveled. And it says, which means the Stargate is in use by something. And Jack O'Neill's gets a Dr. Evil. And he says, or something and does the pinky, oh, the yeah. Dr. Evil pinky. That. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, not not really a, an approved use of the Dr. Evil pinky, but I don't think it's the last one we see either. Nope. Hmm. Nope. Yeah. But any anytime the Dr. Evil pinky, especially since yeah. this aired only like a year or two after the first the movie, came out, yeah. movie. Yeah. So or or when he does a Homer Simpson, like mm, something, you know. Yeah. 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 We get we get a couple of those. I, I do have the feeling that a good, like, 60% of his lines are just ad-libbed. I think there's a few of them. <laughs> what about you, Victor? Uh, no, I, I think I I covered everything here. Trepanning, you know, like the whole, like, putting a hole in your skull to release the evil spirits. I don't actually know that that was practiced in the Middle Ages. I know it was practiced by certain Stone Age cultures and stuff, yeah. and pretty much every culture at one point in their development tried it, but... You know, whether or not it's any better than pharmaceuticals these days, it's up to, you know, you, but your mileage may vary. But so I'm <laughs> cool with trepanning. Like my problem is you get the first trepan and then you got to get your booster trepans afterwards. Yeah. Oh, it just it adds up. It's like, where does it end? <laughs> Consult your, right, your they, doctor before you, you take trepanning. Yes. <laughs> they, they check the number of holes in your skull. And before you can get on a plane these days, it's it's, yeah. It's crazy. Well, it would solve, you know, pressure and pressure in your head when you're, you know, when you're flying, you know, your 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 brain pressure can equalize as you yeah. go up at the altitude. It's a real problem. Yeah. yeah well, I, I've yeah, I had sinus issues for years and I finally went and saw an ear, nose and throat doctor. And he said, oh, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to give you a surgery. And I was like, OK, and I went under and I got out and I was like, so, doc, what'd you do? He's like, well, I opened up your sinuses. I was like, I know you did. But like, like, how did you do that? He's just like, I opened up your sinuses. And I was like, OK, don't ask any more questions about that. So, yeah. I mean, who knows? I may have a few more extra holes in my head. Hey, well, you, you know, the nice thing is when you when you do the trip panning later on, they can add like a little port there so that when you're at an advanced space station that that yeah. runs all the news for the world, you can beam it right into your head by snapping your finger. Doctor Who reference. <laughs> yeah, that was one of the most unsettling episodes of New Who, I think. Yes. And the, it was early movie. on. It yeah. was the first season. It was still uh, Christopher Eccleston. Oh, yeah, yeah the, the the guy who would be a companion but was too selfish. Yep. Um, and the actual trepanning implement in this episode, like, I don't know how the drill was supposed to work because there was no actual, like, you know, handle that would rotate around. And it wasn't, like, actually drill-shaped. It was chisel-shaped. So, I don't know. Well, the, the drill yeah. was a classic. It looked like a classic hand drill. I mean, like, you just had the knob on the top and you sit there and crank. But, I don't know. yeah. So there was actually a woman in the 1960s um, named Amanda Fielding who did a self-trepan on herself and survived and apparently talks about all the health benefits from it. She did also do a lot of LSD, though. So Yeah. It's, that's why she survived. Say, she was on LSD at the yeah. time. She didn't feel it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen some, some episodes of Laverne and Shirley that made me want to do the same thing. So who knows? <laughs> <laughs> nice. 
Awesome. Uh, before we go, we'd like to take a moment to uh, thank our patrons who make it possible for us to create the secrets of Stargate, including John R., Margaret G., Lenora G., Don C., and Andrew W. Their generous donations at sqpn.com slash give make it possible for us to continue the secrets of Stargate and all the shows at StarQuest. You can join them by visiting sqpn.com slash give. You can also go to sqpn.com slash merch to get t-shirts, mugs, stickers, and more, including the signature Father Cory Stika collection. Mm. Be sure to follow the show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Stitcher, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or on the SQPN YouTube channel. To, send, uh, to find free previous episodes of Secret to Stargate and to send feedback, please visit sqpn.com slash Stargate. You can email us at stargate at sqpn.com or follow StarQuest on social media at facebook.com slash starquestmedia or on Twitter at sqpn. You can also join in the conversation on our Discord. Go to sqpn.com slash Discord. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode of SG-1, Rules of Engagement. Until then, Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Stargate. Thank you, Jack. And Victor Lambs, thank you as well. Thanks, Jack. And the beast is dead. <laughs> Once again, I'm Jack Barazzini. Thank you for listening to Secrets of Stargate on StarQuest. Anyway, I'm sorry, but that just happens to be how I feel about it. What do you think? <laughs>